0: So, uh, I have a, um, on YouTube, uh, every so often uh, I'll get a, a note or a, a, an announcement on my screen saying that uh, there's a, a new video for me to watch. And so uh, I, I know I said I was going to give up screens, but I, I did watch it because uh, it was there. And it's, it's one of my favorite uh, channels uh, on YouTube. It's called uh, rescue and restore, and I subscribe to a number of channels like it. It's it's uh, it's it's people who will restore like uh, tools, machinery, uh, people who like do woodworking, things like this. I, I'm just fascinated by that kind of stuff. And this rescue and restore is a guy who does uh, old toys from like the twenties and thirties. And so uh, it, it's and the the, and the things that are restored are things that have been like they're broken, they have you know they, they, they don't work anymore. They're in some way they're just completely uh, not usable. And so these people bring them back to life. It's really something. With all these, uh, it just fascinates, fascinates me to to watch it. It's very satisfying. Uh, and, and so the one that popped up was this, it was an old bingo machine, um, hand crank bingo machine. And he took it apart and he sandblasted it and he, you know, he had to make a new handle so he has his lathe out and he makes new parts for it and, and it was just to see it from the beginning to the end and, you know, it repaints it, uh, it, it, it just, I love stuff like that. And, and he made it better than it but probably was it's so beautiful by the time he's finished with it uh, so if you ever have a chance um, rescue and restore look at look at it. it's pretty interesting but what is what occurred to me uh, as I was watching this thing and in light of the gospel uh, that's what the Lord does with us Right? we're broken we're neglected we're kind of messed up in certain areas of our life right there are things in our life that don't work properly. And the Lord wants to fix us. He wants to rescue us. He wants to restore us. He wants to make us new. Isn't that what Lent is all about? It's to identify the areas of our life where we're messed up, and neglected, broken, unusable, unloved, whatever it is. And he comes in and he takes us and takes us apart and he fixes us and he puts us back together and we're better than we were before. He's the rescuer. He's the restorer. It's pretty cool. If you listen uh, to the gospel today, the transfiguration, you know, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the hill. Now, why is he doing this? Um, you know, it, it says that, you know, he, he had taken them up on. You know, the, the sixth day, the seventh day. And that's important because the seventh day is always the Sabbath day, it's the day of rest. And for us, this is our Sabbath, this is our day of rest. But it's not rest in the sense we don't do anything. It's rest that we we allow ourselves to be delighted in by God, that we allow ourselves to be to bask in in, in the in the love that Jesus has for us. And this love that, that we receive on the Sabbath. When we give our day to God, is restorative. It heals us. It heals those unused, neglected, broken parts of our life. The areas that are messed up. It, it, it's it, like the, the balm of, of grace. grace heals us. That's what the Sunday is for. That's why it's so important. And so we take some up there on this seventh day because you know the Sabbath, the seventh day, is always is sort of a foreshadowing of what heaven is for us. And so what, what the Lord is doing here. On the Feast of the Transfiguration, he, he takes these guys up on the mountain. He's showing them a taste of heaven. He's getting them a, a taste of heaven because they're, they're, they're going to the cross and they need to know that it's going to be okay. Heaven, the Sabbath, the seventh day, the restorative mercy that we receive in the Eucharist is, is, a, is a taste of heaven that allows us to get through our week and our broken, messed up, uh, neglected parts of our life. Huh? So he takes him and he shows him, shows them, Peter, James, and John, this is what heaven looks like. And then he turns dazzlingly white and bright. He's showing them what he looks like on the inside. He's showing them what heaven looks like. He's showing them what the beatific vision is going to be like. He's showing them on the seventh day what it means to be a son and a daughter of, of God who loves them. He is showing them what the healing, merciful love of God the Lord is going to do for them. So that not only can they go down the mountain to the cross, but they can also keep walking through the cross to heaven, because they know what it's going to be like. They've tasted it. They've seen it. And that gets us through everything. And, and so he's there with Moses and Elijah because he's the fulfillment of the Law and the Prophets. And then because he's the fulfillment, Moses and Elijah disappear. And then it says it was just him. And he touches them. And he says, don't be afraid. And they look up. And what does it say? They saw no one there but Jesus alone. Brothers and sisters, this is what heaven is. This is what the beatific vision is. He says, arise, which is the word used for the resurrection. You're going to be resurrected and you're going to look at me and that's going to be enough. I'm going to be all that you need. I'm enough. The vision of me is enough the foretaste of heaven that we receive in the Eucharist is enough to get us through another week. It's enough to heal those broken, messed up parts of our life that keep us from looking at Jesus. Jesus wants us during Lent to surrender to him the broken, messed up parts of our life that don't work anymore so he can heal them so that they're not an obstacle to the vision of glory that he's got for us. What is it that's broken in your life? What is it that's messed up? What's neglected? What doesn't work? Give that, put that on the patent, and let Jesus take it and change it into himself and give it to you as the medicine of mercy, uh, the the glory of God alive in your heart so that you can go out and for another week do great stuff. Here's Here's an image. Michelangelo. We all know him, right? Beautiful things, the Sistine Chapel. But he was a sculptor by choice, by trade painted beautifully but he, he loved sculpting more. And, and Michelangelo said you know without without the Lord I couldn't do what I'm doing. And so I pray, I go to Mass, I receive the Eucharist, because somebody asked him how do you make these beautiful statues like the Pieta? How do, you, how do you do that? He goes I don't, God does. He goes all I do is I get a, a piece of rock, a mar- piece of marble, however big it is, they're huge, and he goes I just pray. And I pray as long as I need to, until God reveals to me what's trapped on the inside, what needs to be freed up. And once I understand what the Lord wants me to free up from this rock, I go to work, and I chip, and I and I hammer, and I smooth, and I sand, and all of a sudden there's the Pietà, you know, there's there's you know Moses or one of his famous uh, uh, statues that he did, because the Lord the Lord does that. The Lord's the one who's chipping away. The Lord's the one that's standing. The Lord's the one who's, who's hammering away. It's the Lord who brought this out. And what that tells us is that without the se- without seventh day Sabbath, without the mercy of God's medicine in the Eucharist, without us reconnecting with Jesus in prayer so he can go to work and chip and hammer and smooth and sand and, 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 and make us new again, we're going to revert back to what we were on the sixth day. What was the sixth day? We were created with the animals. We were wild beasts. Without, without prayer, without the Mass, without the Eucharist, without without Jesus and His love for us that we bask in on the Sabbath, we, we revert back to our sixth day status as beast. We need Jesus to make us seventh-day sons and daughters that are healed, restored, rescued better than we were before because we We have a taste of heaven and we can see Jesus in our life. The glory, but we don't get to the glory without the cross. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples up there on the mountain. I'm giving you my glory so that when you see the scandal of the cross and you see what's going to happen to me and you see what's going to happen to you, you're not going to turn around and run. You're going to stay with it because you know this is the path to heaven. Brothers and sisters, the cross that we carry that leads to glory is letting the Lord into our life to chip away and to sand and to to repair and to renew and to rescue that which is broken, messed up and doesn't work anymore. Let him do it. Let him go to work on you. Bask in his merciful, healing love that that reminds you that you are made for greatness. We're not animals. We're sons and daughters. We've seen the glory, and you are about to taste it on this altar. Amen? All right, let's stand and pray. I believe in one God.